You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family is so bummed the countdown to the end of summer is here. Don't be. It's the start of huge savings at Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, kick off your fall fashion with Old Navy's major savings. Right now, get 50% off all tees, 40% off all dresses, and 30% off all jeans and sweatshirts. 50, 40, and 30% off? That's a countdown I love. Then get to Old Navy. Tees start at just 6 bucks for adults, 4 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. What are we waiting for? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. Valid 23 to 825. Excludes in-store clearance. Active licensed and men's package tees. Hello, you're listening to Thorn and Cross Haunted Nights Live. This is Alistair Cross, and I'm here with my co-host and collaborator, Tamara Thorne. Stay tuned, because tonight we're talking to a horror and thriller author who's been writing since the age of nine. And let me break in for just a second. Joe has joined us. We Hang All on. Right. Joe, yep. Hello, Joe. Are you there? I'm here. Hi, guys. How's it going? Hey. How are you? Good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing, Give doing great. Second started and then we'll talk to you some more all right okay, we'll be right good. back with joe hart okay. ladies and gentlemen Haunted Nights, live with Tamara Thorne and Alistair Cross. All right, we would like to thank W.J. Pierce for creating and performing our music. Uh, good evening and welcome to Thorn and Cross Haunted Nights Live, where your hosts, Alistair Cross and Tamara Thorne, thank you for joining us. Tonight's guest is Joe Hart, who was born and raised in northern Minnesota, where he still resides today. He's been writing horror and thriller fiction since he was nine years old. He is the author of five novels and numerous short stories, including the books The River is Dark, Lineage, and The Waiting. When he's not writing, Joe enjoys reading, working out, watching movies with his family, and spending time outdoors. Uh, before we introduce him, I'm going to turn the time over to Tamara, who's going to tell you a little bit about his latest book. All right. Um, the Last Girl is part one of the Dominion trilogy, and uh, I've been reading it a lot the last two days. It's very fun. What it's about is a mysterious worldwide epidemic reduces the birth rate of female infants from 50% to less than 1%. Medical science and governments around the world scramble in an effort to solve the problem, but 25 years later, there's no cure, and an entire generation grows up with a population of fewer than 1,000 women. Zoe and some of the surviving young women are housed in a scientific research compound dedicated to determining the cause. For two decades, she's been isolated from her family, treated as a test subject, and locked away told only that the virus has wiped out the rest of the world's population. Captivity is the only life Zoe has ever known, and escaping her heavily armed captors is no easy task, but she's determined to leave before she is subjected to the next round of tests, a program that no other woman has ever returned from. Even if she's successful, Zoe has no idea what she'll encounter in the strange new world beyond the facility's walls, 
Winning her freedom will take brutality she's never imagined she possessed, as well as all her strength and cunning. But Zoe is ready for war. Woo, that's, it's really fun. Welcome, Joe. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, you guys. You Uh, are welcome. We're really enjoying your book. We are. Great, Great. wonderful. Yeah, I'm glad. Are you going to read it a little bit tonight? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good. Definitely, Okay, we can do that whenever you want, and we can talk about it first. Okay. Um, Um, Yeah, why don't don't we do a little segue if you guys want to, and then I can kind of get into the story there and give you a little excerpt and stuff. All right. Okay, well, what inspired you to do this, to write a dystopian? You know, the... The thing that I, I started thinking about, kind of how the idea came to, to bloom, so to speak, was uh, I was thinking one day about, you know, how kind of fragile the, you know, humankind is as a species. You know, we we have so many diseases that we're, we're not able to control and, um, you know, genetics, uh, we've come a long way with genetics, but it's still a very, it's a vast, you know, area that, that we that's still being explored um, and whatnot. And I just thought, you know, it, it was just kind of a premise came to me. I said, you know, what if there was, what if, you know, females were no longer born? You know, mm-hmm. I thought about how quickly um, the human race would, would just die out. You know, it would be just a matter yeah. of, you know, a generation before everyone was gone. And, uh, and it just kind of stuck there. But then, you know, the, the implications of having so few women on earth um, really triggered that kind of that social uh, questions and stuff uh, about society as it is today, mm-hmm. and I, I, I just kind of posed the question to my wife uh, offhand, and before, before I even had the whole thing worked out in my head, you know, I said, you know, if there was just a limited amount of women left on Earth, uh, do you think they'd be treated like queens or possessions? And she didn't even blink; she just said possessions, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and it was the same, you know, it was the same answer. I asked several other women, you know, in my life, uh, friends and family, and uh, and they all gave me the same answer. So that was that yeah. was kind of the premise, you know. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah it becomes commodities. Yeah. yeah, I I I felt like that. I mean, a few people have asked. They said, you know, if there were so few, um, you think they'd be treated wonderful? But at the same time, you know, I mean. We we really I mean think about anything that's limited we really don't treat it wonderful I mean we no. the earth the earth has limited resources just in general and we don't treat the earth you know with respect oh. or or anything you know so it's it, it definitely rang true to me that that you know uh, it would be a control factor you know it wouldn't be a yeah uh, you know you know being polite and kind to the last remaining women it would be a control type situation so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't gotten far enough to find out what happens to her. I probably will tonight, but I'm I'm very excited to finish this book. Okay. <laughs> Great. Great. Uh, yeah, and, and it's really it's really it's really well written and uh one of the things we noticed too was uh we love your covers and we're betting Hugh and Patrick Burke did some of them, are we right? Uh, yes, yeah. Okay, oh, okay. Oh, we love them. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He's done he's done pretty much everything of mine except uh The Last Girl and my newest one that's coming out. Uh, it's a sequel to The River is Dark. Uh but he's he's done everything else for me and he is fantastic. I I, I can't say enough good things about Keelan. He's a great guy and great to work with and super talented. So Yeah, he, yeah, we is, like he him did a lot our, too. 
yeah, he did our um, he did our cover for the Cliff House Haunting, and we loved it too. So yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's I I love it. It's very uh, the 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 you know yeah, you have colors, terrific covers. So, yes, you really do. Um, no, I'm curious about I'm curious about uh, it says that you've you've been writing since the age of nine. We both started about the same age too, you know, eight yeah. nine somewhere in there. So uh, let's talk a little bit about your journey to publication. Uh, when did you first get published? What did you first get published? And how has your life changed since then? Well, um, you know, um, I, I probably first, I mean, I technically could say I got published. It was like in a small poem anthology back in high school. Uh, my uh, Kind of my mentor was, was our high school English teacher, um, and he encouraged uh, myself and one of my close friends to kind of submit some of our poetry because um, we were in kind of a gifted and talented class. It was extracurricular and um, more creative writing uh, that we got exposed to, um, which was wonderful. Um, it's one of the best classes that I had in high school. And um, so we, we submitted and, and uh, got our poems published in this kind of a statewide anthology um, but it was, you know, he, he kind of said, you know, when we got published, he said, well, don't, you know, don't get too big of an ego, you know, kind of a vanity yeah. press, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people get published, you know. So, uh, but from, uh, from there, you know, I just, uh, I was in college for several years there and um, I didn't write real seriously. Uh, you know, I had always wrote, always dabbled, uh, but, you know, all of the avenues that I researched as far as, um, you know, getting published and things like that, it just, it seemed very daunting. Um, yeah. You know, uh, acquiring an uh, an agent and you know submitting uh, manuscripts and whatnot, and it, and it seemed very daunting to me. So I I continued to write, um, and I, I I probably wrote uh, well. I wrote one kind of trunk novel, um, and then I wrote a screenplay uh, about you know, five six years back, and uh, and that actually got I, I got that sent out to New York, and it kind of circulated a little bit, but nothing really came of it. Um, but then uh, that was about the time that Kindle was was getting really popular um, and self-publishing and that that front was coming around and I was even you know I mean I, I feel like I was on you know fairly the kind of the front of that wave but I, I think I still was a little behind. There was a lot of other people that got on the, the kind of the wagon there before I did. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, you know, I I. Uh, I had a bunch of short stories in my head that I wanted to write. So it was a bunch of horror, horror short stories that, you know, I, they'd been kind of accumulating in a pile on my desk for a year or so. And, and I thought, well, this is, this is a great avenue. It's a great uh, um, kind of experiment to try to see how this works. So, um, so I put it all together and that was my first collection. It was a midnight path. So it was my first book that I published uh, back in, I think it was 2011. And, um, yeah, it, it did really well. I was working full time at the time. I was managing a gym and personal training, and um, and I, I but I just absolutely loved seeing my book out there and people reviewing it and buying it, and it was just such a thrill. So, um, so then I I, I wrote uh, my first novel, Lineage, and put it out. I think in it was 2012, fall of 2012, and it was shortly thereafter. Um, uh, a couple things changed for us here at home, and I was able to come home and start writing full time. So, um, so yeah, it was it yeah. was a thrill to to say the least to be able to you know start doing this and put all my effort behind it. Um, oh yeah, and, uh, Al- yeah so. Alistair and I both write full time, and uh, yeah. you know have helped before we could afford to do it, spouses and things. 
And isn't that wonderful? Do you, I, I wonder what it's like for you, you know, like we have the pet chores and things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm basically I'm the I'm the cook, I'm the cleaner, I'm, and that's okay because it's fair. Yeah, yeah, sure. sure. What's it like? No, for that's you? yeah, same for me. What's your work I, day I love, like? Yeah, well, you know, I get up in the morning um, typically fairly early. My son's kind of an early riser, uh, so I'll get up with him a lot of times and. Uh, uh, if not, you know, my wife and I kind of switch back and forth so we can each get a little sleep. And uh, um, and then, yeah, I get the kids off to school, and then I start writing about 9, uh, typically answer some emails, and then, yeah, write, it, write from probably 9 to 1 or 1.30 in the afternoon. Um, uh-huh. And then and then I'll, I'll run, pick the kids up, do some errands and stuff, and then come back, and typically I'll do some editing or any nonfiction stuff, essays, or uh-huh. anything else that I, I have in the afternoon. So, yeah, it's kind oh, of my nice. typical day. So, yeah. It's not so, nearly but, as easy as it sounds though, is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, and that's, you know, and that was the one thing that uh, a couple of my friends said, "Oh, you got your you know, your 4 hours in today, huh?" Uh, you know, <laughs> you're, 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 I was like, "Well, yeah, but let's I would I'd like to see you sit down and write something that someone else wants to read, you know." So, that was, yeah, as exactly. a little little banter, you know, back and forth, but it's good. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's pretty much much a full-time Yeah, we work together. (laughs) We're on Skype all the time, uh, you know, all day long, and we're writing in the cloud. So we we take our breaks together and everything else. So we have a little office. And we we both find it much easier to write that way than to be so alone. And do you have, of course, you have, we have cats. Neither of us has to take them to school or anything. (laughs) Um, So it's a little easier. But how do you like being a solo writer? I I always did it, but I didn't love it. It's much more fun with Alistair. (laughs) Sure, sure. No, I I can imagine. uh, You know, I I do enjoy it. Like you say, it does get lonely. It does, you know, you, uh, you know, if you're shut in for hours at a time and you're, Mm. you know, I I, I pace when I'm trying to figure things out. So I'm pacing around my office and talking to myself. And, you know, you'd think a madman lived here (laughs) if you just were able to listen in, you know. (laughs) Um, but, but yeah, um, it's, it's good. Uh, I I do try to kind of take a break from that every so often. You know, I, I typically, unless I'm up against a deadline, I I won't write on the weekends and, uh, and I'll try, you know, try to do a little something for myself. Uh, if I'm feeling a little burnt out or if, you know, during the day I, you know, I'll take a break and go work out, you know, hit the gym quick and, you know, that, that really kind of wakes you up and keeps things you know, yeah. So it's, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's good. I, I, I'm definitely looking forward to I'm, maybe, uh, um, you know, collaborating uh, in the future. Uh, but that's, yeah, for right <laughs> yeah. now, it's, uh, it's kind of the, yeah, the, the, the lone road here. So. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah be careful with that. You never know what you're going to get. It's like a yeah. box of you don't really know somebody until you start writing with them, but you know it works. It works no. out for us. But yeah, we hear we hear a lot of horror we stories. We know we're lucky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we hear a lot of people say when they when they find out, they're like, "Oh yeah, and uh, how's that working out for you?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> surprisingly well. Surprisingly well. Yeah. But, That's good. That's good. So, so your your book. Okay, this is this is part of the Last Girl. It's part of a trilogy, right? And this is the first one in the trilogy. 
Yep, this is the first book in the trilogy. Okay. So, okay. yeah, the the second second book is due out in September, and the the third is going to be early 2017. So, yeah. Nice. Great. Nice. So, so, what are some yeah, differences between? Yeah. What are some of the uh, differences between doing, you know, just a standalone and uh, a trilogy? uh, Are you, do you find it to be more nerve wracking knowing that you still, you know, have to keep going or is it, is it kind of nice? Um, God, it's both, you know, it really is. It's great (laughs) to have, uh, have that room of, you know, such a huge world and, you know, so many pages that you have to move around and, and with characters and, you know, that's, it's great, but it's daunting at the same time. Yeah. Cause you're looking at, yeah. you know, upwards of 300,000 words when you're done writing it and it's all basically one story and the characters are there and they're staring at you and wondering why you're not <laughs> yeah. going faster. Yeah. And, you know, but did, you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So. yeah. yeah. Um, did, did you guys, did you basically um, map out your, your basic content for all three books? Or do you yes. just do it by the seat of your pants? Oh, okay. No, yeah, definitely definitely mapped it out. You know, and when I first had the idea, um, my editor, Thomas Mercer, who's who's the publisher for the trilogy, um, 